About an Hour with Josh Centers on iOS 16 and iPadOS 16, Part 1. This is Mac Voices. Today's edition of Mac Voices is supported by Collide. Collide is a fleet visibility solution for Mac, Windows, and Linux that can help you securely scale your business. Learn more at collide.com slash macvoices. Welcome to a special Mac Voices Take Control Books event. I'm Chuck Joyner. We are live on YouTube at youtube.com slash TV with Mr. Josh Centers, the author of Take Control of iOS 16 and iPad OS 16 from Take Control Books. We're going to spend about an hour talking about both of those operating systems and taking the questions from the chat room at, again, at youtube.com slash TV. So if you're in the chat room now, Welcome. It's great to see you, and thanks for being here. Um, and if not, we're going to hopefully do more of these live events so that you can talk to, well, virtually through chat, um, the tape control authors. Instead of li- having them talk about what they want to talk about and what I want to talk about, we want to talk about what you want to talk about, what the problems that you are experiencing are, um, and how maybe we can help. So, Josh, welcome. It's great to see you, and thanks so much for uh, being the first out of the gate to test this out. Hey, uh, always happy to be the guinea pig. I mean, that's uh, that's how I got into this gig. This is the eighth iOS book I've done. I started with iOS 8, and so I've been a guinea pig every summer for many years now. Um, so uh, where should we begin other than uh, <laughs> agree on the 208 a.m. Waffle House? So other yeah. than Waffle House, which I mean, I, I'm, I look, it's it's y'all's time in my, in my book. We can talk about literally anything you want, um, but I do have the, the iOS stuff here. And uh, if there's anything I can demonstrate or help you with, um, I'll actually I'll actually will pull a call out on Twitter real quick. Okay. To let every let my many uh, dozens of followers know. Uh, well, Josh, I'll tell you what. Um, I think what started the, at, at the most basic thing. I was surprised a little bit uh, earlier this week. I was talking with some friends, and I was sh- kind of shocked at the number of them that had not done the upgrade yet. And, and and these are people that are you know are tech savvy, so mm-hmm. that was that that made it somewhat surprising. Um, and of course, Apple always takes so much pride in you know within a you know a week two weeks they have such a high percentage of folks who are on the new operating system. Mm-hmm. So the question is, should we do the upgrades to iOS sixteen and iPadOS sixteen, or is there a reason we should not? Um, you know, wait till you're comfortable. Um, don't wait too long or you're going to have problems. Uh, Adam Hicks addressed this a few years ago in 10 bits. Cause we had people who, <laughs> well, for, until like 2016, 2017, we had people staying on, um, snow leopard and, and they're all oh, my, my stuff isn't working on snow leopard. And like, yeah, cause you're using an ancient operating system. And then, then they'd finally update. And of course all hell broke loose. Um, I had a similar experience when I finally upgraded, um, wow. I got so many Mac OS versions now. I can't keep track. What was the last one that supported uh, 32-bit apps? Um, it was High Sierra. Like I, I waited a couple of versions. No, oh, that that update was a mess. So like you, you know, you have a year. You know, um, right now what we're in 16.1. Um, you know, you might could wait. You know, for another point update. Um, but yeah, you know. Hall, you know, now anywhere between now and the holiday season, you know, maybe wait till you have a little time off. It's a good time to update. Um, but yeah, is it stable? Yeah, and it has been stable. 
um, Apple made a change a few years ago. And I'll, I always feel bad about this because, like, you know, you'll ask me about the betas, Chuck, and I'll say, yeah, they're good. But I, admittedly, my idea of good is completely warped from years of, of delving in the coal mines of buggy Apple software. Like, if, if, if my phone boots and it consistently stays in the correct orientation with a not like turn upside down or something goofy like that, then I'm like, yeah, it's pretty stable. But um, since I want to say it was iOS 13, that was kind of a disaster. Uh, when it was released, Apple just didn't do a good job of testing it. And um, I guess us beta testers didn't do a good job either. Apple made a lot of changes. One of those was the public beta, so we have more people testing them out. And I've just noticed um, since the debacle that was iOS 13, because the very first beta of iOS 13 um, winning boot, it was just, it was that bad. Um, and that was part for the course. You always at least wait until beta 2, right? Uh, developer beta 2. And um okay um so anyway um uh, i will get to that question uh so uh anyway my point being since ios i want to say 14 the betas have been very stable and as a result the the final operating system has been very stable as for why people aren't updating honestly i, I just i don't think the features are all that compelling for most people i think um now book sales have been excellent and i think it's because People are kind of confounded by some of this stuff, um, and and it's really just that simple. You know, I, I did a poll recently on Twitter because I was just I was just curious. I'm like, would you rather have at this stage? I don't even specify Apple. Just in general, would you uh, do you want more features? Do you want the features that are there to work? And like 83, 87 percent, enormous percentage of people said we want the existing features to work. And one of my frustrations with with all these operating systems and it's not just apple i mean uh this is true in windows and android land too like they keep coming all these new features that i'm not sure people want i think people have enough features and uh and but things just are breaking things that used to work don't work um you know um we had a i can't remember his name off the top of my head um david was it david uh Scheer, i think it was he was a former developer at apple and he wrote some articles for tidbits about how um, you know, they didn't do basically they didn't fix old bugs. Like if a bug was in like one version of Mac OS and then it went to the next version, it hadn't gotten fixed. It just wasn't going to get fixed. And so these have accrued over time. So, you know, as, as much as, you know, I like the, uh, as I like the, um, you know, be, you know, having a new book to put out every year, uh, I, I wish that would just take a year or two and just polish things, but yeah, it's, it's fine. Um, one thing I will mention stability wise is uh, HomeKit is kind of a mess. And the reason HomeKit is a mess is because they had to rewrite the Home app from scratch. And um, so they rewrote it from scratch uh, to support this thing called Matter. Matter is a big conglomeration, amalgamation partnership between all the big tech companies, all the big home automation companies. In theory, it makes all the home automation stuff work across ecosystems, right? So, you, so in theory, in theory, communism works. But in theory, you know, you could buy a Google Nest or you can buy an Amazon Ring or whatever, and those will work with. Um, excellent point, Michael. I'll get to that. But those, um, in theory, those can all work with like HomeKit or, or like your HomeKit devices can work with Google Home. That's the theory. Um, so they they had to rewrite to implement that. And apparently, and this is something I did not realize when I first came up with the book. Um, so uh, 
there's a in 16.2 apple's already pre-announced this because apple said yeah okay we're, we're sorry it's really unstable right now they're coming up with a new back end for home and um and, and that will is supposed to fix a lot of things the catch is it only it's only going to work with that generation of updates like 16.2 and whatever the mac os version is etc as far as i know it will not work backwards so so it's gonna be those things like if you update to ios 16 you have home automations things are gonna be flaky for a while until you can get everything moved up to those current versions and then install that back end it's kind of like a few years ago when they redid the reminders back end to add a, a bunch of new features and and uh but everything had to be on the same um update cycle so a few things i want to address here in the comments real quick yeah michael has an excellent point um Apple Books, um, yeah, they completely reworked it, and this is a pattern in a lot in a lot of the stuff in iOS 16 is that there are uh, a lot of things they've just totally reworked, and uh, they didn't they didn't think through all the way. Books is one of those. It, it's kind of grown on me, but yeah, Michael and some other tidbits readers have had problems with the Books app. So if you're a big Books app person, that uh, that would be an issue. And also, I want to thank everyone in the chat who's uh, saying lovely things about Take Control. Um, Michael also has some good advice. Uh, if there's a new feature, it's compelling update. Otherwise, um, yeah, stick with, uh, you can stick with iOS 15, iPad OS 15, because yeah, Apple is updating those old operating systems with security updates. So you get the security updates. Um, you don't, they don't force you. And that's probably another reason while the updates are slow, Apple's backed off because it used to be, they just, okay, here's the new operating system. You doubt you, you're going to download it. You're gonna, it's going to take up storage. Install it or don't, but you, you know it's going to take up storage until you do. Apple has gotten less aggressive about pushing them. They've gotten better about updating the older version if, if you don't want to be pushed to update, which I think is an excellent policy, um, especially as they rework things. So that's that's a very long-winded answer to um, that question. But you know the, the, ma the main pain points, I would say, are, are home and books, and, and you can wait. If, if you want to just don't wait too long i would at the latest i would wait till may you know be updated and then you know have it up to date over the summer and then you're ready for whatever's next josh a couple of things that i want to follow up on um mm -hmm. the first the first one is the obvious security questions or issues mm -hmm. because apple seems to be as they release uh 16.1 you know they they go back and they're not signing um, older versions. And mm -hmm. we've heard that it, there's, there is or was a zero-day exploit that was fixed. I think it was 16.0, may have mm -hmm. been 16.1. But the point is that, you know, security is one of the big reasons I think we all, when we, when we encourage updates, is one of the reasons we encourage updates. Is, mm -hmm. is that a reason in spite of the issue with the books and the, the home kit to, I mean, one of them is inconvenient. No. The other's dangerous. Right. No. Um, no. Like I said, Apple is update is still updating iOS 15. You can, if you want to, you can update to. They released it on the 28th. Uh, iOS 15.7.1 and iPad OS 15.7.1. So um, I believe you get the option to install one or the other. So you can update um, to that. And now it. Now they updated it slower. They didn't update it as quickly as they updated, like, yeah, I think it was about a week after, maybe a longer than a week after 
But yeah, and and these up and these security issues they're fixing are extremely severe. It's stuff like in the Apple neural engine, um, uh, you know, a malicious website could steal your information. A malicious Wi-Fi network could initiate a, a denial of service attack. Some pretty serious stuff. And on a side note, I, I've noticed that the the Apple security updates have gotten a lot more severe recently, and um, I'm not sure if that's because things are getting worse, either on Apple's end or the attacker's end or the general cybersecurity space, or if Apple's getting better at finding this stuff. Because uh, Apple did recently release a new um, Apple security site. We we did publish about that on Tidbits. Um, not really of interest to regular people, um, but uh, for security enthusiasts and security researchers, they have a new Apple security research website. I can post that link in the chat. Um, that's that's really interesting to check out if that's your thing. And and the stuff they publish is like really technical. Um, so you know, unless you're a serious enthusiast, it's not going to be all that interesting. Go back to the books for just a second. Um, you said sure. that it was growing on you. So and and I am I am not familiar with whatever the issue is. So is it an issue with performance or is it an issue with appearance and or interface? Um, what's the issue? It, with books? Uh, my my understanding is mostly the interface. Let me let me launch books and uh, see if we can share that on the screen. <clears throat> and hopefully they'll come through clearly. Um, all right. Let's see. We'll share our window. Are we are we seeing books now? You seeing books? Looks good. Okay, excellent. So, Anna, what should we uh, what should we read here? Uh, Nietzsche or uh, Conan? Let's go with Conan, I guess. Um, so, like, if if you let me go back real quick. So, like, the the basic like layout is the same, like uh, the the library. But you open a book, and you're going to notice this is very. Um, very different than what you're used to if you're still on iOS 15 books. So, uh, like, they hide the interface entirely. And if you tap the screen, uh, you will see this little button down here. And you see some information, one page left in chapter, page 245 of 2,377. Wow. So you tap this, and now this is where all the controls are. Yes, that's one issue. Uh, Michael Cohen and some other readers have pointed that. Well, I mean, not, I mean, Michael's not just a reader, but you know, other people have pointed out that yeah, it, it won't let you export the notes you make. Which surely I hope that is an oversight because if they're not going to let you export your notes, that's really incredibly lame. Let me let me look at that real quick because I'm not sure I've tested this. So we're going to uh, we're going to highlight this and. So that should oh add note okay we can add a note too, um, uh, test note. Okay, so we have notes. All right, got our little note right there. Okay, so tap the. But yeah, you can see this is very different. It tells me how deep I'm into into contents. You can this this little um, scrolly doodad on the right. You can touch and drag and. And now you're in the book. One thing that annoys me, it does not click to that line like uh, tends to be the standard in Apple software. But the uh, the good thing is, if you scroll down too far, it should, yeah, it gives me, if you look in the upper left, lets me go back to page 245. So I tap that and just go back, at least in theory. There we go. And so, yeah, um, 
share. How would you even do this? Let's see. Yeah, I don't even, uh, bookmarks and highlights. There we go. Highlights. Yeah, I don't see any option to share. So yeah, that's or export rather. So that's really unfortunate. Um, Were you able to, Josh, when you tapped it and brought the controls up, there was a share a share button down there on the bottom left. Yeah, let's is, see what happens. And that's, and that's what you brought up is is yeah, what is it? See. What is it sharing? So far, what it seems to share is just the title of the book. It won't, it's not even going to share the, the EPUB. And, and this, is, uh, this is an EPUB from a, a project called Standard eBooks. We've written about it in tidbits before, but um, I, I will give them a quick plug. If you want, um, so what Standard eBooks does, they take uh, books from Project Gutenberg, uh, classic books in the public domain, and they, they really pretty them up. They, um, they make nice fonts and all that stuff and <clears throat> make it so it looks really nice on a Kindle. They fix the typos or it looks nice on a Kindle or in, or in Apple books. And uh, so if you're looking, and they're all free. So if you're looking for really nicely uh, formatted free eBooks, standard eBooks is what you want to search for. And those will go right into Apple books. But um, anyway, yeah, so I can't even share that. So there's... There's some annoyances here. Let me show a few, a few of the good things about it, though. So if you go into themes and settings, oh, wrong thing. If you tap themes and settings, well, okay. <laughs> you can see there are these preset themes now. So it used to be before you had to kind of manually change background and all that. Now you can go, you can switch between all these different um, styles, at least in theory. <laughs> We're just finding all the bugs tonight. Of course it is. It's taking long to load. Okay. So you can see a change there. Yeah. I'm I'm just I'm using an incredibly long book here, apparently. Um, original, extra crispy, Nashville hot. You know, we have all the uh all the themes. Okay, I don't know what's going on with that, but like you can change the uh the coloring real quick. You can go to like light, dark, you can change the font real quick. Yeah, so you can see there were some problems with books. So if anyone from Apple is watching this, please fix it, or please pester your coworkers on the books team. Um, options. Now, here's something really cool. If you go into options on this panel, you can go. You can choose. You can choose pretty much any font you want. And there's a lot of choices here. Uh, Avenir, Iowan. Uh, never heard of that one. Publico. Um, and they're also all, you can do bold text. If you want all the text bolded, you can go down here under accessibility and hit customize and you can actually change the line spacing and you can change the character spacing and the word spacing and, um, just really mess up your book here, but, um, tap options. Yeah, I think I did. I may be behind on the chat a little bit because right now I'm playing, but anyway, so just to show you uh, what all you can do there. Yeah, just to show you what all you can do. So so they have added more customization options. It's not all bad, but yeah, there are rough edges. Um, and uh, another thing I want to point out, because I had this problem, because when I first uh, started using this new books, I, I kept creating bookmarks. I didn't know how that was happening. What was happening was I was scrolling and then, oh, oh, oh bookmark. I made a bookmark. So like, what? Well, I, I think they've improved this. But if you double tap the screen, it creates a bookmark or it actually or you can also remove a bookmark that way. 
So if you're scrolling with your thumb, like just be very careful that you're not accidentally, it's not, it's not as sensitive as it used to be. So they fixed that thankfully. So yeah, that's, uh, that's books. Does anyone have uh, any other questions about books? Anything I can answer or any other problems you've had that I, we can address? Today's edition of Mac Voices is supported by Collide. Collide is a fleet visibility solution for Mac, Windows, and Linux that can help you securely scale your business. The challenge with endpoint security has always been that it's difficult to scale, and when remote work took over, that challenge got exponentially harder. You need visibility into your fleet of devices in order to meet security goals and reduce service desk tickets. But how do you get that visibility when different parts of your company run on Mac, Windows, and Linux? You get Collide. Collide is an endpoint security solution that gives IT teams a single dashboard for all devices, regardless of their operating system. Collide gives you real-time access to your fleet's data and can do things that traditional MDMs can't. And instead of installing intrusive agents or locking down devices, Collide takes a user-focused approach that communicates security recommendations to your employees directly on Slack. You can answer every question you have about your fleet without intruding on your workforce. Visit collide.com slash macvoices to find out how. If you follow that link, they'll hook you up with a goodie bag just for activating a free trial. That's collide, K-O-L-I-D-E dot com slash macvoices. Again, collide.com slash macvoices. Thanks to Collide for their support of Mac Voices. Circling back, because this was, we sort of went down that, that, rabbit hole and then we'll go back a little bit yeah um so i'm dc camp finn i hope i'm pronouncing that correctly or something close to it um he says he loves copy clip on the mac and ipad doesn't mm-hmm. have a building copy manager which third party would you utility would you recommend for ipad to accomplish that um i don't have one um i i'm not a big clip mark uh clipboard manager guy i just that's that's a concept that's never really clicked with me for some reason. So I, I don't, I'm afraid I don't have a good recommendation. But if anyone in the chat can recommend one, um, that would be great. I'm I'm not even sure. Uh, they've added a lot of restrictions to copy and paste, so I, I don't know if um, that's even something you can do. I know there was um, used to be PasteBot. I'll, I'll look real quick and see if PasteBot's still a thing. That that's from um, the same people that make the. From tap bots, they make um, Tweetbot, which is a um, yeah. I think they unfortunately, yeah, I think looks like they killed that. Unfortunately, so yeah, I don't really know of one. Paystop was the main one I knew of. And as Michael pointed out, Apple Apple made uh, scrolling the default mode in books now instead of um, the page flip, and they got rid of the skeuomorphic page flip, um, which you know was nice, but. I don't think anyone really is going to miss it too much, but all right. So what, what else should we talk about? Iowa 16 or, I mean, anything else. I mean, I'm, I'm down for anything. It's, it's late. We (laughs) can discuss anything. Yeah. Well, chat room, if you have questions or, you know, please throw them in there. Um, Josh, how about if we we jump over just for a second to iPad OS and ask the, the really dangerous question Um, (laughs) stage manager. Oh, stage manager. Okay, so I'm I'm just going to give a disclaimer. I don't at the moment have an iPad that does stage manager, and uh, that's because I'm cheap. Um, but uh, I have a uh, what was it twenty? I think it was last year. I bought a brand new basic model iPad, 
um, because a lot of things required the, uh, what was the A12 Bionic, uh, as I think what a lot of things in iOS or iPad OS 15 required. So updated to that. And then this year, um, I debated whether I wanted to get uh, at least an iPad Air um, to try to, you know, have a test device for stage manager. Um, and it just was not, for me, it wasn't worth the investment for writing a few paragraphs. So for coverage of stage manager, I begged, borrowed, and stole uh, as much as I could to document that. Um, this is what I'll say about stage manager. Um, what I've seen, I'm not impressed. Just to be just blunt, it has tons of rough edges. It was it, It's um, of questionable utility. Now, I've heard, the, I haven't tried Ventura yet. Um, that's that's going to be an update soon, but um, I've heard the Ventura version is much better. What's interesting is Stage Manager was actually based on a feature. I forget what it was called internally, but they developed this internally back in 2007. And there was a former Apple developer that blogged about it, and then he deleted the blog. So I guess he got in a little hot water with Apple. So Stage Manager is actually a very old feature, um, or a very old idea, at least, that they resurrected. Um, but so the problem on the iPad, there's two problems. One is that there's just a lot of um, inco incoherent um, design elements, like the Apple hasn't polished all the rough edges out entirely. And then the other problem is that iPad apps aren't really designed to go into a window. And so there are a lot of third-party apps, even some first-party apps. You put them into a stage manager window and they do really weird things. Um, they don't behave properly. So if if you have an iPad, um, I, I haven't memorized the list. If, if you have an M1 iPad it for or an M2 iPad, it for sure works. And I think they extended it back to a couple of generations of the iPad Pro. Um, feel free to try it out. Um, it would probably be worth installing iPad OS 16.1 to, um, to try that. Um, but I, I just, I will tell you if you've been considering, hmm, do I want to spend several hundred dollars to get stage manager? Probably not, at least at this point. Um, save your money. So uh, Michael had a question. He was on a Zoom call. His Mac repeatedly asked, if you want to use the iPhone as a webcam. Uh, interesting, iOS issue, Mac issue. Um, that's one of those tricky things where it bridges between Ventura and, and iPhone 16, um, or I'm sorry, uh, iOS 16. And uh, I don't know, it's probably just a bug. Um, like I said, I don't have Ventura and my test machine's 2016 MacBook Pro so uh, I, I wasn't able to test Ventura as I usually do. Um, <laughs> Michael says he has so many things to say about Apple's multitasking direction. We should just bring Michael on. But yeah, like I mean, I could, I could probably spend a whole hour just like wondering what Apple uh, is thinking in terms of multitasking in iPadOS. I, I think the, the basic problem is that it wasn't designed with multitasking in mind. And they've, they've bolted it on throughout the years. And they've tried to do it in such a way where it won't confuse the casual user. And that's ended up just making something that isn't terribly useful. I mean, being able to do split view and side-by-side, -side, slide over, things like that. Um, it, it does have its uses, uh, but it's, it's kind of clunky and weird. And Stage Manager, I think, will be very good eventually um but they're they're gonna have to work out the kinks and maybe we can go back to the drawing board on some things so i'm a little 
a little surprised to hear you say that about them trying to bolt things on. And mm-hmm. and I'll I'll play devil's advocate and then you can okay. shoot me down. Sure. Um, but I I feel like there have been some experimentations with how to do multitasking on the iPad. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Be, because I, you're right. It wasn't designed that way from the beginning. And it's, it is, it's, it's a touch device. It is not mm-hmm. a Mac. So mm-hmm. you don't have the, I mean, obviously you can get the, the, uh, the touchpad or you can get a mouse mm-hmm. and you can get a keyboard, but that kind of is not where the iPad is supposed to play at least according to, you know, your history. So I, I feel like these are experimentations that Apple's doing and saying, okay, let's, you know, let's try this one, eh, slide over, split view, those were okay. But just to your point, you know, they they aren't maybe for the casual user. The casual user either stumbles across them and then can't figure out how to get out of them or just mm-hmm. never discovers them in the first place. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm not ready. I personally am not ready to dismiss stage manager completely. Um, I've played with it that much. And it's like, okay, this is something I've got to learn. It's not, mm-hmm. but I also have not installed Ventura on a production machine yet. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how the two will compare and whether it's a step in saying, okay, this is the way it works over here. This is the way it's going to work over here. Mm-hmm. And and I, 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 I'm sort of being double trained. Yeah. So, so a few things to address there. Um, well, you know, I do agree. I agree with you on stage manager. I, at this point, you know, if someone were to ask, should I buy a, you know, a high dollar iPad for stage manager? I would say no, um, not at this point. I, I do think it will be very useful um, once the kinks are worked out. And and it's not entirely on Apple's end. The developers have to, you know, adapt things themselves. I mean, there's a lot of moving parts there. And that is the problem when you start out with one thing and you change it into something else. There's a lot of things that have to be changed in the back end, things that do not have to be considered before that have to be considered now. And, um, uh, you know, I, I, one, one criticism I'll, I'll level at Apple, um, and this isn't entirely a bad thing, but Apple always likes to try to find a new way of doing things. Um, they very famously did this with iCloud, right? Like they tried, they desperately tried to keep iCloud from becoming a, a file and folder file system, right? They wanted like one level deep, no deeper than that, uh, no nested folders, you know, they, they, uh, everything sandboxed. And th- that, what they eventually did is come up with Files app and, um, and basically come out with, you know, basically rebuilt the Finder. And um, so I, I think what often happens with Apple, they try to reinvent the wheel and it turns out there's a reason the wheel is the way it is, you know. So they kind of did that with multitasking on the iPad, and now with Stage Manager, it's much closer to to the Mac paradigm. And, and my prediction will be is that Stage Manager will eventually, on the, at least on the iPad, will evolve more and more into being more like the Mac. I think Apple will just give up. Well, interesting thing was it? I think it was Federici that said this the other day. Somebody asked him about a touchscreen Mac. He said, "Well, you never know." Or something to that effect, and Apple's never said that before. Apple's always said that the Mac and the iPad are separate. Touchscreens don't make sense on a Mac, and now it sounds like Apple may be open to it. So, um, you know, there may be there may turn out to be a very good reason why the Mac and the iPad both have Stage Manager, even though a lot of people said it doesn't make sense on the Mac. But it would make sense if you're if you're bridging the two, right? If you're going to build a bridge between the the Mac and the iPad, so 
I don't know. I, I've he- I heard rumors a long time ago, and this is back when I first started hearing the rumors of Apple Silicon, or at the time it was you know Apple going to ARM, but they were working on something that would basically be also an iPad and a Mac all in one. And uh, of course, this was years ago. So I mean, we've heard about the Apple Car for what ten years now. So you know that nothing may ever come out of that. Um, so take that with a very big grain of salt. Josh is back in the next edition of Mac Voices to finish up his about an hour with session, talking iOS 16 and iPad OS 16, his take control book about those subjects, and taking questions from our YouTube chat room. That's next time on Mac Voices. You'll definitely get something out of it. Until then, and as always, I'm Chuck Joyner. Thanks for watching. Visit macvoices.com for show notes and to connect with Chuck on social media. Get involved in our Facebook group or like our Facebook page and get more out of your Apple tech with Mac Voices Magazine, free on Flipboard and on the web. And if you find value in it all, consider supporting us through either our Patreon campaign at patreon.com slash macvoices or by making a one-time donation via the PayPal link on our front page and in the show notes of each episode. You will join these fine people who help bring you Mac Voices. Advertising handled by Backbeat Media at backbeatmedia.com. Bandwidth provided by Cashfly at cashfly.com.